Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. It's a beautiful winter's day here just after the winter solstice in Australia. And I have a special guest today. We're going to talk about overcoming trauma. We're going to talk about trauma from a neuroplasticity point of view. And we're going to talk about how it is very real and very possible to overcome and heal trauma, whether it's physical, emotional abuse or anything, you name it. Trauma is a very broad word, a very broad concept, a very broad experience, unique to each um, each person. So today I've invited Wendy Lipmanis, who is a good friend of mine, colleague of mine, and she's very well read and researched in the trauma field. And as I felt that part of the missing link to my Rocksteady community was, I suppose, speaking about trauma and to trauma head on. We do cover the concepts of trauma and what to do about it thoroughly and heavily within the Rocksteady process. But because I don't want to trigger people, I often don't use that language. I pull it back to being very gentle and very relatable language. However, I think many of my clients over the years have shared that going through body scans and going through self-awareness and self-study and pausing and listening to the body over a period of time as they get more comfortable and more relaxed in their body, more and more old hidden memories or suppressed traumas, suppressed feelings are arising. And so having a language and and a capacity to understand this, I think is really part of going deeper. So first of all, welcome, Wendy, to the call. Thank you for bringing your expertise and sharing this conversation. I'm very grateful. Thanks, Joey. Um, So first of all, I just wanted to reiterate that uh, the experience of trauma can be very obvious and direct, such as my brother breaking his neck and becoming a quadriplegic, such as sexual abuse, such as violence, such as domestic abuse. Um, the list goes on of things that are kind of big capital T obvious traumas but underneath that there's also lots of more minor subtle indirect traumas that pretty much every human being on the planet would in some capacity have experienced and they can be things like feeling a little bit rejected out in the playground at school or perhaps falling off a slide at the playground when you're a kid and just being mortified and that traumatic experience really imprinting into the body and having a very long lasting effect neurologically on how we view our capacity or how we view ourselves as fitting in and belonging. So it could be social anxiety when someone's doing a talk at school and feeling like they're failing, feeling judged and that that could leave them feeling quite traumatized but it's not something they ever really talk about or notice as a big deal. But from that day onwards, their body neurologically imprints this belief that I'm hopeless, nobody likes me, I'm no good at talking in front of people and therefore I'm not going to try it again. I won't go for any jobs that involve public speaking. I'm terrible at that, I'm no good. And so you can see how trauma is an experience. Anyone who's followed me, read my book or been a part of my Rocksteady program will begin to understand that our nervous system is mapped by neural maps, neural networks, neural pathways. And those neural pathways are indicating how our body is moving, how our body is sensing, how our body is hearing, feeling, thinking, emoting. Literally every part of us is being um, communicated through some sort of neural pathway. 
And so these these traumatized moments can set up not only a physical traumatic imprint, which could be some of our muscles kind of lock in and spasm or tighten or there's tension, restriction at the physical level. There could also be emotional neural pathways that are imprinted in the fight, flight, freeze response. For example, some anxiety, some fear, some isolation, unworthiness. And these are imprints that can actually last a lifetime if they go ignored, suppressed, denied, and unprocessed. Mentally, that traumatic experience could lead to a whole mental barrage of neurological pathways, so neural networks that are telling us, I'm no good, I'm not good enough, I'll never belong, I'm not worthy of of success, I'm a failure, nobody likes me, I don't fit in. So this is the dialogue that could come out of this very uh, kind of minor and quick traumatic event. And that mental dialogue can actually last for decades. And it can become so familiar to us that we begin to believe it and swim in that. And so we hold ourselves back and we perhaps don't put ourselves forwards. We don't live from this place of relaxed, open freedom. We live from a place of, of constriction and perceived threat. And then the last one I would mention is our spiritual aspect of ourselves. So there are neural networks and neural pathways that really come down to our belief system and that deep core understanding of how I connect to myself. Can I trust myself? Can I trust my body? And do I trust how I fit into the bigger scheme of community and the world? And so this could be be things like in that moment of feeling bullied or feeling abused um, or a car accident, whatever, in that moment, we might believe, well, bad things happen to me. I deserve it. I'm no good. And it's, it's a very deep core belief that then can drastically change the direction our life takes. The good news is all of those neural pathways, whether they're physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, are reversible. And what I've invited Wendy in to do is to talk about some of the very simple concepts, philosophies, and take-home tips that all trauma therapies have in common. Because as I've been looking into some of this trauma discussion and the academic side of trauma, I'm a bit like, wow, there's just so much academic kind of theory, which in my opinion is not that helpful. It's great from a research point of view, but I don't necessarily want my clients having to read through really thick books and go through all of this density when a lot of the trauma, trauma healing methodologies are coming back to the very same concepts of trusting the body's intelligence, trusting what we're sensing and feeling, having gentle awareness, learning how to be present with our emotional state and self-regulate so we're not always in that sympathetic fight-flight-free system. We can bring ourselves back to calm, parasympathetic, which we cover in detail in Module 4 of Rocksteady. And this idea of being our own best friend, being compassionate with what we're sensing and feeling and having an understanding of why we have to be uncomfortable right now in order to have brighter brighter moments or brighter days in the future. So sometimes it's really sitting with the pain and discomfort that is the healing process. So, Wendy, I would just love you to possibly introduce yourself for those people who haven't come across you before on my YouTube channel. And let us know, why did you start to read so much about trauma and get into trauma and decide to become a trauma therapist and trauma worker? Because that would be really interesting to hear straight up. 
Okay. My name's Wendy Leitmanis, and um, as Joey said, I'm a friend and colleague of Joey's, and probably what led me to my trauma work was that initially my work um, was as a nurse, and then I discovered Bowen therapy and became a Bowen therapist and practitioner, stepped away from nursing because I found that I could help a lot of people through the Bowen therapy and I really enjoyed it. Interestingly, though, I would have clients that would come with tension patterns that I would help release and ease and then they would come back within a week or two with those same tension patterns and that would be a recurring theme and it wasn't through injury. And so through this, I discovered there was more that was going on, that there was a trauma pattern and a re-contraction and a re-curling in and a re, um, I guess, disconnecting from the world and unsafeness that they felt. And I had the ability to learn um, another course, which was called TRE, Tension Trauma Releasing Exercises. And in learning to become a practitioner there, um, I did a lot of my trauma reading and became very informed. Now, initially, I chose to do the TRE for my clients. But as soon as I started to do the very first course, I was like, oh, my clients can wait on this. I'll park this to the side. This is just amazing work, incredible for me and very helpful for me to explore some of my own trauma, some of my own tension patterns, my own triggers, my own awareness of lack of feeling within my body. and. I wasn't aware of it. I, I was aware of past traumas, but I wasn't aware that I was holding so much in, so much tension, stuffing down a lot and fearful of actually feeling. Yeah. And the, could... this experience brought that out for me and I loved it. And I share it now with my clients and it's a wonderful way of unravelling and finding finding safety, space, expansion, um, of freedom in, in, you, in my body yeah. and in their body. I can really hear your passion and it's very similar for me actually in that, you know, at face value I would tell myself I'm not traumatised. I've had a privileged upbringing. You know, I had all of my needs met. I wasn't, you know, um, starving or there was, wasn't mm. direct violence at me. But as I got um, deeper into um, my therapeutic training and, and my, my apprenticeship of life, it actually became apparent to me that I did have sexual abuse as a 13-year-old and I'd completely suppressed it. I had no idea I'd been abused. Mm. And mm. so it was interesting that by trying to learn how to help other people, I ended up doing all of this work for myself, which, which took me mm. a few years to process and come to terms with. And, uh, and that's often how we deal with trauma in this world that we're living in. I actually think it's mm. changing, but mm. typically we ignore it, we deny it, we suppress it, we avoid it, and we don't want to feel it. And in the... In the heat of the moment when we are in that trauma, that can be the greatest decision our body makes. It's like right now, I can't feel this. I'm going to numb up. 
I'm going to yep. leave my body. I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disconnect because this is not safe for me and it's truly not safe. But then what happens when the trauma is over, we are safe and we're able to feel again, but for some reason we're not going back and reconnecting and allowing that feeling process to complete itself. Mm. And and I I kind of think of it as the analogy would be like, you know, we, we get this much through a book and we just never finish it. And it's like, well, how can we go back and actually complete it so that then the brain can put it aside and let that neural network actually be at rest instead of being constantly mm. overwhelming and re-triggered. Mm. And my personal kind of theory on this or perspective is that when we do have these uncomfortable feelings and sensations arising, and they can come emotionally, they can come through any sensory input, whether it's muscles, whether it's hearing, whether it's the the dizziness and discombobulation or the fast thoughts, when we're overwhelmed and the, the, the trauma processes are being triggered, I believe that's our body's way of saying, I'm ready now, you're safe, you're old enough, you're mature enough. I'm ready. You're ready. Come on, let's do this. Let's finish the story. Let's process this together. Let's find a happy ending and and a conclusion. And this is where Mm. in the rock steady process, I invite my clients within their body scan and their gentle awareness and their self-compassion to be open to whatever arises because sometimes Mm. our strongest, the deepest traumas will come up and say, okay, I'm ready now. You've got to feel me. Yeah, and, and we have to trust that, like trust that it's coming to you when you're ready to feel it. Otherwise, we can fall into this vicious cycle and pattern of rejecting. I shouldn't feel that. I don't want to feel that. So we push it away and it comes back again louder. Mm-hmm. And then I push it away and it comes back and I'm more uncomfortable and I'm more stressed and I'm more tense and my mind is more blocked and more full. But as you said before about um, it it is a safety mechanism and it's a natural safety mechanism that we put in place to protect us at the time of the event. But as you say, there's that neural loop that we fall into where we become easily triggered if we haven't fully released and let go and processed and integrated that particular event to say, okay, that happened, it's in the past now, it doesn't need to, it's not serving me anymore for my greater good. Um, but if we if we are in that neural loop, it, 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 it touches us, it makes us feel uncomfortable and our natural default is to put it away, put it away, pull it together, take a deep breath, I can get on with this, I, I'm okay. So... Coming back to trauma methodologies and therapies that are quite well researched now and a lot of it's founded by neuroscience, what are some of the common take-home messages for someone who's like, okay, I reckon I'm ready to do this. I'm pretty sure my body's asking me to process and, com- and complete some trauma cycles, let's call them. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm on track. What I know you've got a, you've got a few really helpful dot points that really encompass the process and what Mm. I want our listeners to realize is how simple it can be and to keep it simple because processing trauma is something a child can do it's something a rabbit can do it does not take intelligence and I've said this a thousand times to my rocksteady clients it doesn't even matter if you don't know what the trauma is and you don't know the story and you don't have words for it because there's, there's no rhyme. It might have been a birth trauma when you were born and you didn't have language, so therefore you can't language what you're feeling, but there's a big, scary 
traumatic sensation in your body that doesn't make sense. The beauty is Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to make sense. We can feel through it and heal it without even knowing what happened. So that's exactly true. Our body has that capacity. Innately, it has that intelligence. It intelligence it had the intelligence to keep us safe to shut us down from my understanding um trauma is actually the fact that you haven't processed an event or events and you haven't fully released so it's really about the freeze default which we all can recognize we all understand and it is a safety mechanism and our body was fantastic in that it protected us at the time when we needed it and you're right there comes times when when we're poked when we're prodded this is something's not right we need to work on something and when it when it gets loud enough we go yes we're ready and as our body has innate intelligence to protect us, it also has that innate intelligence to help us unwind, unravel, release those um, tension patterns, those charges. And so what I'm finding through a lot of my research and, and that keeps coming back is that the most important thing about um, trauma and trauma resolution is to find safety in your body. So that's about being compassionate, befriending your body, being very gentle and kind. You can um, cultivate awareness for your um, awareness for your sensations is a really big thing. Learning to tap in and notice how you're feeling because being in that freeze, disconnect, numb um, state, we don't feel fully in our body and it is a really really difficult thing to do sometimes and so if doing body scans say which is is very important in your work it is a wonderful way of tapping in and noticing what you're feeling if you find that really hard sometimes ways to get around that is to use um, body movement or touch or vibration Sorry, yeah, touch, yeah, with your tapping um, or vibrational. There's embodied vo- voice work, which is really interesting. That that goes with um, they explore chanting, singing, vibrational sounds that actually work deep within your body to start to tease out. And so if you can um, do some of those body somatic um, movements, they can help you start to feel safe. And the reason um, bottom-up sort of work is so successful is that the vagus nerve, which is our nerve that is very much involved in fight, flight and freeze, and it innervates all our major organs. So 80% of those um, nerve fibres are afferent, meaning they're sensory. They sense what your physical body how it feels, how it feels safe and sends those messages back to the brain. And so if you can calm your physiology, your physical body through movement, be it dance, yoga, tai chi, massage, bowen work. So can I pause? Tremor work. Wendy's going Wendy's gonna to keep going with these, these kind of useful discussions, but I just want to summarise. So when we're 
in a traumatic space or moment, we disconnect. We don't really truly feel what's going on in the present moment mm. because for whatever reason, which may not be logical or rational, and that's fine, we, de we decide it's not safe to feel, so I'm going to go and do life. I'm going to do what I think I should do. I'm going to tell myself I should feel what I think I should feel, and I'm going to play this act. And it can, after a while, it's quite exhausting, and we can end up feeling quite inauthentic, and we lose ourselves, like, who am I? So Very much so. When we're learning to come back in and feel that process, because we get so used to not feeling and the disconnection becomes our new normal, once we start to reconnect to sensing and feeling in the body, any this is any sensation. And, you know, emotions are linked to physiological sensations. So it's not just emotional stuff. It's also feeling a gripping or a tightening perhaps in a muscle. It could be hearing various sounds. It could be even seeing differently or, um, or having a very vivid inner world with lots of imagery and, and crazy or interesting dreams, let's call them. It, it, it can be coming through any of the five senses and also tingling sensations of touch or numbness or fiery, hot, cold feelings. So coming back and choosing to be present and say, okay, body, what am I actually sensing and feeling? What Wendy's talking about there is having a welcome, invitation, kind, compassionate, loving willingness to feel the sensory body through your ears, through your eyes, through your nose, tongue, through your skin through that emotional sensing and feeling body. And it's our job to do what it takes to create that safe container of feeling. And that might be, we say, you know what, body, I'm going to put the timer on for 30 seconds. And for 30 seconds, I'm going to have kindness and curiosity towards everything we feel. And then I think that's enough for me and I'm just going to want to get out. So I'm going to put the timer on for 30 seconds and that's my container. And I'm going to be really kind and curious as I notice what sensations I'm feeling in this moment. And when my 30 seconds is up, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to celebrate that I'm learning how to feel again. It's like we have to just simply learn how to reconnect and keep it simple. You don't need the stories. You don't need the therapy necessarily. You don't need to complicate it. We're starting by switching back on that decision to sense and feel. And I think mm. we, as we develop this beautiful, loving, kind friendship and relationship with ourselves, as the self-compassion and self-kindness really starts to become our new normal, we can sense and feel all day long. And as little traumas arise, which invariably happens over the years of living as a human being, we can really process them in real time. It can be like, oh, I'm triggered right now. Okay, well, how can I breathe through that? How can I sense and feel in this moment as my own best friend? So what it means is we end up having more of a relaxed, open, loving, kind, contented, sensory experience more often. And I would say the contrast to that of living in trauma is we live very fast-paced lives, fast-paced thoughts, lots of fears, lots of worries, lots of anxieties, lots of muscle tension, lots of unusual postural quirks. Um, perhaps poor digestion, um, perhaps skin issues start to come up and perhaps eventually unusual symptoms arise and we just don't know where they're coming from. They're not easily explained. So when we're living in trauma, the body starts actually contracting in on itself and, and not functioning as effectively because it's essentially putting a lot of precious life force into suppressing unresolved uh, traumatic experiences. 
So coming back to creating the safe container, and that starts by really letting our sensory body in so that vagus nerve can begin to sense and feel with safety and start to change the way our body physiologically processes in the present moment. So coming back to you, Wendy. So what you said earlier about um, taking a short, a short 30-second snatch to feel safe and then building up from that is a really good point. You want to take, you want to regulate that process. You want to take small steps. There's no, nothing to be gained from like wanting to crack open a shell and fully exposing it because our response is then, this feels weird, you know, and you want to straight away put that armour back on and close up. So it's about just gently titrating into that, feeling into the edge of and slowly expanding that awareness of safety. And if you do that, as you said, kindly, compassionately, be very gentle on yourself and you will slowly expand and grow and open and you will find more and more resilience as you do that because you are expanding that um, realm of safety that you feel. And and it's, it's not a, you know, like it, it's a normal challenge that everybody has we all have it's trauma is a normal part of life you cannot live life without experiencing trauma along the journey somewhere and as you said joey sometimes it's a known trauma sometimes it's not but um if we can slowly start to find that safety again from that we can start to feel feel more connect more with ourselves and then connect more with others and find a greater sense of joy in life and we build resilience then for future trauma that we can bounce back quicker go through our process integrate work through it and bounce back quicker and i think to really develop a sense of awe and appreciation it for the miracle of the body. And I think rather than being afraid of trauma or shaming myself for having it, feeling like, oh, I should be perfect, I should be this, I should be that, but I'm broken. You know, no judgment. judgment, no judgment. Exactly. No, just embrace, so- embrace and trust the body. Embrace and trust its ability to help you get out of that. And, and befriend it. Just really work with it. Find the rhythm that works for you. Find the, the body work that works for you. Invite that gentle movement in um, as you can and so explore. I'm, Be curious. So what I'm saying is when we're locked in trauma, there will most likely be this judgment and this shame. And I remember yes. when I was in that, and mm. it's just an absolute miracle. There's some magic that happens when suddenly we start to realize, oh, my body's protecting me. Oh, mm. I can mm. shift and change this. Oh, I can influence it or even I can control it. That's pretty cool. And then with this curiosity and this willingness to feel, even though I love using the word awkward, when we're going through any kind of repatterning of a neural pathway, whether mm. it's, whether it's locked in a deep, tragic, old trauma, or just a, just a kind of more minor thing, it's awkward. When we're building a new neural sensory landscape, 
it's awkward because it's new it's unfamiliar we're not really good at it yet there's not a confidence Mm. there it's kind of like Mm. oh this is different and Mm. and I think it's really important to embrace the miracle of that awkwardness because that's part of us repatterning and changing so Mm. while it's gentle and it can be easy and simple this stopping pausing sensing feeling self-regulating always coming back to my container of safety these are really key concepts to rocksteady and my rocksteady clients know this stuff allow Mm. the process to be simple and rather than shaming yourself and being like oh god why aren't i better yet other people get better quicker than me notice the shame bring kindness to that neural pathway which probably is locked in trauma and start to see if you can have this sense of awe and respect and appreciation for how far your body's come and it doesn't Mm. actually matter how long it takes but all I know is the more gentle and kind we are the more the more I suppose soft and open and beautifully relaxed in our body we can become which is that untraumatized state that very relaxed open mind and body yeah um I, I feel like I, I did a, a, a Q&A talk recently with my group and someone was saying, I don't even know what it's like to be feeling at ease in my body. Can you help? And so I... I so common. Very common. Um, even for myself, I, you know, I remember mm. distinctly when I was 26 years old and I did a dog pose and I really felt my hands and feet in my body in a new present way. And I'm like, whoa, where have I been for the last few decades? I just wasn't in my body. Mm. And I didn't mm. know I wasn't in my body until I came back to my body and went, whoa. Of course. <laughs> so the, the exercise I took people through just to kind of get that understanding of what it feels like to be at ease and relaxed is just a very simple progressive relaxation of tensing and releasing. And just notice mm. the difference between contracting, closing, mm. rigid, it's effortful, it's exhausting, and then just releasing that and opening it. And, and no, it's not effortful. It's just a presence. Mm. It's an openness. It's a receptivity. It's safe. Mm. And so there's so many little tricks and tools we can use to help us feel at home in our body again. And I think to feel that we have the capacity and resilience to to meet whatever arises, whatever those trauma patterns are, because ultimately, probably, I'd almost say just expect them to keep coming. It's pretty unlikely Mm. you're going to do it. A trauma course and that's it you, you're done exactly we've got layers and layers and layers we're not, we're not only that we've got life and who's yeah. to say COVID yeah. hit us there's like there's a lot of reasons to feel traumatized in COVID or with mm. my tinnitus and vertigo clients just the experience of extreme vertigo can be traumatic so then they've got to process that trauma mm. and so on so it's a process that we keep opening up to. Oh, absolutely. Definitely is. Yep. And and the safer we feel, the, the more we allow that, like the more flow that we give ourselves, the more we allow to open. And the more we allow to open then gives us more, more yep. flow as well. I just wanted to come back to something you said earlier about, you know, people saying um, I'm broken, I feel shamed, I, you know, I can't feel my, myself, you know, etc. There's a re- there's a reason for that and I and I'll tell you very briefly and it might help people then not blame themselves. In through the trauma process, part of what happens is that your 
prefrontal cortex, your rational brain, your thoughts, your awareness, that sort of area of making decisions dampens down. But there's an area here through um, the medial prefrontal cortex area, which is very much the sensory, our area that where we sense, feel and, and can notice that often, especially if it's in young children, a trauma happens, that often um, becomes shuts down as a protection again in that freeze. And, and even um, years later, if someone's struggling with PTSD, Scans have shown that area of the brain is very um, lacks activity. And so you talking about that awkwardness, we can find activity back in there. And the way to find it is, again, through your body. And we can all do it. But maybe it does feel awkward because we're making new pathways, we're stimulating, we're opening that area up again to notice, to come back online. And so... It's not about blaming or shaming ourselves or judging ourselves. It's about saying that was part of our body's process to keep us safe at the time. And now it's up to me to help my body, my brain to come back on, integrate, work together to the best harmony that I can find on a day-to-day level. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful, Wendy. And the other thing it reminds me of is, Often clients need to be reminded that feeling numb, so when, when there's not much brain activity, there's not much stimulation, mm. there's not many neural inputs actually giving us information, we feel a bit blank or numb, that's still a feeling. Mm. And that's yes. still something to open up to and welcome and be kind to. So even mm. if we are feeling very neutral or mild sensations, mm. that's still something to work with and there's still the feeling, the sensing, the kindness, the process is actually all exactly the same. Even if you're in the deepest, thickest, darkest panic, which is very extreme and lots of neural firing and it's going crazy everywhere. Mm. Exactly the same process of stopping, sensing, pausing, finding safety and being Mm -hmm. your own best friend. And a lot of work I do with the Rocksteady uh, Q&A calls and that the support we offer there is, is pausing. And in that moment, whether it's feeling neutral, numb, frozen or mm-hmm. extreme panic mm-hmm. and overwhelm it's exactly the same process of saying body I'm noticing perhaps around my core what I'm sensing and feeling is is a green swirly spiky sensation and I'm wondering body how can I support that feeling what can I do to mm-hmm. support you how can I hold you so we, we use really non-judgmental language we give it color mm-hmm. shape texture can use metaphors fantastic stay Mm. stay in the body bring Mm. that 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 creative wisdom in to hold it offer support rather than say why are you there Mm. (laughs) who are you Mm. and what do you want which you know Mm. that's again that's getting us in the top down that's in the head that's in the theory that's that's dense and heavy I would say that's the long path to healing if it ever works because some people have 20 years of talk therapy and get very resolute So yeah. rather than saying the way in is via the body, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So rather than yeah. talk about it or to it or ask why, I want information, I want certainty. Come on, why, why, why? Forget those questions for now and hold this green, irky, spiky feeling and say, How can I support you? Mm. you know, Excellent. Do you have any information for me? How can I hold you? How can I make mm-hmm. you feel safe? And mm-hmm. it's so interesting the dialogue mm. that come up when 
I guide clients through these conversations and A, they're often very simple. There's not many words. And B, they're very familiar conversations. They're coming back to mm. some very core belief of not feeling good enough, feeling ignored, not feeling safe, not feeling held, and the body's mm. screaming for it. Mm-hmm. And then when we feel empowered enough to offer that support and that safety and that reassurance, self-reassurance, I feel, is absolutely central to healing trauma. Yes. When yeah. we offer that self-reassurance, Mm. we're really winning because we're putting ourselves back in the seat of power we're taking our power back and we're actually providing the very resolution that that traumatic part of ourselves is seeking yep so it's a self we have the capacity to do it in our adulthood that we have the capacity to do that definitely yeah Uh, they're wonderful techniques that you use and they're really i mean they are they're very they're very somatic body-based um, techniques that will help you find a way to resolve and find safety in your body definitely so using some of wendy's tips today which is about really um, accessing the sensory afferents and what that means is how can i find safe inputs rather than overwhelming inputs that freak me out or trigger mm. me how mm. can i how can i find music that i just find relaxing it doesn't even matter why how mm. so, so using sound and this it, For me, I love birds. If I just close my eyes and hear birds, it takes me to a very beautiful, gentle place. So Mm. what what sounds might be your open, relaxed, soothing, safe sounds? Because that can physiologically enter your body and help you through this, hold you through this process. What touch? You know, do you have a favourite chair, a favourite blanket, favourite clothing? I'm all rugged up in my winter woolies and it makes me feel good. These are nourishing senses for me. Um, so, you know, use touch. What ways can I open and relax using touch? And that may or may not involve seeking like a, a massage therapy or a Bowen therapy or some professional who you really trust and you feel held by and they can give you help. Give you Craniosacral, touch. Reiki, there's many different, yeah, touch, touch full stop. You'll find what works for you. Yeah, Taste. it's very individual. Smells. Mm. And then... Yep. And then, of course, our wonderful eyes. And that could be close your eyes and allow yourself to go to a, a, an imagery, a vision that you invent that helps you to feel safe, like create a safe place in your mind's eye, which is really powerful. Mm. And, I, and I suggest that you create your own safe place rather than listen to an external guided meditation where someone else. Speaks. I agree. I agree. Make yeah. it your own. And then with smells, you know, it's, Smells are some of the fastest ways to the brain. It's just like straight up and into the nasal passages, Mm -hmm. direct to the brain. If you have certain smells, whether it's essential oils, teas, um, any uh, flora and fauna and nature smells that you just love and adore, have a go at creating a little altar, a little safe place for yourself somewhere in your home and using those smells to help create that safe container that keeps the vagal nerve open and relaxed. So then- Great idea. So then you can Mm. have that time to be with the body, be with the difficult feelings, the awkwardness, the trauma, and simply hold it in that sensory safety and say, how can I support you, body? I'm here for you. I'm older now. I'm mature now. I'm settled now. I'm the wiser version of me. And back then when I got traumatized, I was younger and I couldn't do this process. But now Mm. I'm here and I'm ready. So having all of that sensory holding could help you access as wendy said um 
kind of into the body scan space if going straight into the body scan is too full on. You might need that extra sensory holding. And then, of course, movement, dance, walking, cuddles, you know, yoga, anything that gets you moving while remaining present is a very viable way to come into the body too. So we're all different. There's no um, prescriptive mode. But I think the moral of our story today or the summary of our discussion today is it can be simple. You've got the skills and tools, especially if you're already part of the Rocksteady community. And I think shifting from feeling like trauma is a broken or wrong aspect of our inner world, shifting into going, actually, it's miraculous, it's magical, it's my body's really intelligent way of supporting me and getting really curious about it and just see what arises as you open up more to befriending these trauma patterns and rewriting them uh, versus judging them, it, essentially continuing to suppress, ignore, deny um, and not experience them. And the funny thing is, I know I'm talking a lot, Wendy, sorry, but the funny thing is, is we can talk <laughs> about our trauma, right? We can talk about it on repeat, that thing that happened to us. And just because we're talking about it doesn't mean we're processing it. So we can be continually suppressing, ignoring, denying, distracting, numbing and judging the trauma. But we're talking about it all day long to therapists, to friends. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's really taking over our identity. So just notice that probably you don't need to talk about it. And it, that could even be a take-home experiment. Some of you listening to this video trial is I'm going to stop talking about my trauma. And instead of talking about it, I'm going to start feeling it. Mm. and having a quiet inner dialogue with my body and mm. just see what shifts as you shift from talking about it to actually dialoguing with it. Wendy, do you have any um, any other little closing words that you feel like you want to add? Well, I, I just want to say we trust our body to protect us at the time or it has that innate ability to protect us at the time with ways that we don't always like but happens so also trust the body in its way of unraveling because it has a huge capacity to assist you in on that journey and and the main things i want to say are be kind to yourself be gentle with the process if things come up that that um say sensations or emotions that that are a bit distressing or a bit difficult just allow them to be there acknowledge them if they're too overwhelming then do something that grounds you again that that fine you know safe little island that you've created that sense area of safety um and just just touch your feet in you know in and out of that little cold pond um, till you feel more comfortable um, just have self-compassion for your unfolding for your in expansion and for um, finding that place of safety and and just acknowledge and appreciate that your journey will be different to the next person and it's a beautiful journey yeah be and curious I playful and I feel mm. like saying, like, be really, really, really proud of yourself and celebrate yourself because so many people never process or resolve their trauma. Mm. It does mm. ruin their lives. Mm. They never had any of this educational support because a lot of this is relatively new science coming through. Mm. 
And, you know, even as little as 50 years ago, a lot of people might have been told, just shut up and get on with life and deal with it. Stop mm-hmm. moaning, right? And it was this, this suppression model. So be really proud of yourself and celebrate the fact that you're choosing to be part of the new generation of humans that are actually having the willingness and humility to feel. Mm. And it's easier said than done. And it's courageous. It's, it's wonderful. Courageous. It's courageous. But it, I feel like the rewards are in the feeling because it feels so beautiful Very to much. really get that self-reassurance and mm. that self-compassion. It's next level and it's something a therapist or professional cannot give me. Mm, mm. it's just not the same coming from out there when it comes from inside that's the Mm, reward so two mm. things to finish well three things actually i'm gonna put a link to wendylatemanis.com for people who would like to connect with wendy um i've just created an overcoming physical and emotional trauma course which is a short course it's a hundred dollars and it's a discussion specifically for my rocksteady clients who may have read my book or who are going through my Rocksteady program. And they they do want to explore a little bit more about this discussion on trauma and what to do with it. So that's just a little extension for people who want and need it and are ready for it. So I'll put a link down to that one as well. And I thought just as, as something to read specifically on trauma, Peter Levine, this is actually Wendy's book I borrowed, Healing Trauma. This is just a nice skinny little book that I think has the simplicity and the consistency of conversation um, because the last thing I want to do is 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 overwhelm people with all the abundance of resources out there. And honestly, I, I kind of think trauma is not something we need to read about or talk about. It's something we have to trust and feel in our bodies. And if you're a part of my Rocksteady program, you've, you've honestly got the skills and tools. They're there. So you don't have to learn more. It's really about having that understanding and safety of how to pause and be willing to, to, to go through it. Um, so, yeah, the physic, Overcoming Physical and Emotional Trauma course, we follow Sarah, who's a Northern European woman, and she had a, a long history, actually, of sexual abuse, and I had three sessions with her talking about how to implement neuroplasticity, rock-steady concepts, specifically with that trauma journey because she wasn't sure how to, how to make it all weave together. And she was feeling a little bit stuck with the Rocksteady process. It was helping, but then she felt like a little bit, can I go deeper? So we'll have three sessions that we share with Sarah during the course. And there's a live Q&A call with me at the end of July. This is 2021. And where you can bring your, your questions, your insights, and we'll, we'll do learning together. And the other thing I discussed, which is really important, is how do I find the right therapist for me? Because I don't necessarily want to do talk therapy for 20 years. So I talk about the importance of seeking a therapist you trust, probably someone in the embodied somatic field, uh, probably someone who has experience in some level of self-compassion or mindfulness-based therapies, and or a coach who understands embodiment, a coach who understands self-compassion and someone who can be there on your team celebrating you, cheering you, and helping you keep defining that safety. So it doesn't even need to be a therapist if you feel like you resonate more with getting yourself a coach. So lots of food for thought there. Did you mm-hmm. have anything to add to that, Wendy, or do you think I summarised it? I think, I think, yeah, you've done great <laughs> summarising it. Beautiful. So there'll be links to wendyletmanis.com. I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au and I'll also put a link down to Peter Levine's book, Healing Trauma, because I do think for those of you who want to read a little bit more, I think that's a nice, simple and um, accessible mm, yeah. read. Yeah. 
So thank you so much for your time, Wendy. It's always it's always a pleasure. Pleasure. Um, and, and keep doing all this beautiful work you're doing. Um, I really appreciate you um, giving us your time today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Ta-da.